0: Welcome to the Arisphere on Air podcast. This podcast is for anyone working in the IT industry. You could be working in an MSP, a CSP or in the channel and you just want to hear what our thoughts and opinions are on certain things. With that I'd like to welcome my guest John. Hey John. Hey James. Thanks for joining us. Um, John, it, I've known you for a long time now but it'd be good for everyone to just get a view of your role and where you sit in microsoft
1: yeah no problem so i joined Microsoft soft um, into our um into our devices team actually so i was working alongside um partners like hp originally and dell and all of those oems and working on the um the launch um of uh sorry the 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 end of support for windows 7 and that transition moving everybody across to windows 10 our final ever um Windows operating system, then obviously a year or so ago we introduced Windows Eleven, which was a fun which was a fun time so I really enjoyed that first role in Microsoft and then for the last three three years I've been the modern work sales lead um for our s m b customers, which involves you know really where we connect our partner ecosystem to our customers like no other segments, so working with partners like Arrow is a critical part of you know how we reach reach our customers. So, yeah, that's been my uh, Microsoft uh, uh, journey.
0: Wow. Yeah. No, Windows 11. When that popped up, everyone was a bit like,
1: okay.
0: but yes, no. So an interesting history within Microsoft, which is good. Uh, Before we jump into it, I think I'm always hungry. Um, Have you got any recipes or anything that you've made recently, John, um, that you'd want to share with the listeners?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I'm actually a vegetarian um, okay. and have been have been since I was uh, 10 years old. And it was kind of a bet with my mum that I wanted to be a vegetarian. And she said that I would only keep that going for a few weeks and sort of 30, Fast forward. 33 years later, I'm still winning that bet. Um, wow. And so I've got a few go to recipes. Um uh, and one of them's a, a corn sausage casserole, which is pretty quick to sort of um, pull together, but um, seems to work quite well. So um, I'd recommend that one. Just go to the corn website. Other sausages are available and would work fine, <laughs> but you can grab the recipe there.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, no, that's it's everyone has their go-to. I think my go-to is I'm really good at making a peppercorn sauce uh, with cognac and, and making that from scratch. Uh, cover your ears, but I do usually do that with chicken. Um, other uh, products are available to cover in peppercorn sauce, but uh, yeah, that's <laughs> probably my go-to and probably my signature dish that um, I tend to make. But uh, do, do enjoy getting in the kitchen. It's good escapism, but uh, cool. Um, thanks for that, John. Um, so on this podcast, I want to talk a little bit about how people are working, um, remote working, hybrid working, whatever you want to call it. Each company does it slightly differently. Clearly, Microsoft has some um, supporting products in that area. And it's a whole subject that splits opinions. um, In in my view, you've got business owners that have a a very strong opinion about uh, productivity and where people should be based. And then you have the other side that the employees that I've got comfortable to the pandemic and what we've all gone through um, still fairly recently um, in terms of it. But to depict it, I don't know if we want to take it piece by piece, but it's definitely a a broad subject. And as I said, it splits opinions, but I I don't know where's a good place to start from a a Microsoft perspective, John.
1: Well, I I actually, um, reflecting on this and actually literally this weekend, I went for a walk. Um, with a few friends and um, we started doing sort of you know part of that wellness and sort of getting connected back with your friends because everybody's working sort of so hard um, at the moment um, and one of my friends his wife works in HR I was talking about um, her business a very large pharmaceutical business which has the CEO has started to have that sort of paranoia about the productivity of the team that are working you know remotely and is actually just enforced recently a few months back a uh, a three day um, a week um, uh, requirement for people to work in the office and quite a large um, amount of the uh, the workforce that they have are not following that guidance at the moment, and the HR team are trying to work out, you know, how to enforce it. And so we had a really interesting conversation, and this is all a result of the last three years. And I'm happy yes. to go back to sort of where we started with this. But it was amazing to hear that kind of feedback, to see managers feeling really paranoid about are my teams being really, really productive. Um and then I'm not obviously super close to that particular example, but how much data and insight was that CEO using to sort of form that opinion and sort of drive, you know, that requirement to come back into the office? And it really brings in interesting subjects around, you know, wellness for people, engagement sure. for people when they're working from a hybrid perspective. Because I think we've learned a lot of things in this journey and um, that started all the way back in in, in COVID and Obviously, you know, I started this role in the January um, before um, the original COVID lockdown in that March period. So I was in this job for, for a couple of months in the office sort of three times a week, vibrant office, lots of people there um in my team and other teams and all of those kind of you know going for coffees and chats and all of that kind of social um connection that we had alongside doing our job and then overnight we went bang into that sort of remote working and so then the the sort of three years in that in in that time period we've we've everybody's changed their opinion it's been really fascinating but it was just amazing that that literally on sunday this week it was a big debate how do you enforce people going back into the office and my reply was, I'm not sure they're asking the right, the right question, you know, at that point. But it's, yeah, it's it's a hot, hot topic. Yeah, and I, I can think of a couple of examples.
0: Again, similar companies, um, talking to friends, talking to people that I've worked with in the industry. And, yeah, that, that enforcement doesn't really have the desired effect. And, yeah, what data points are those CEOs or business owners pulling on to make those calls and rationale to say, we need you back in the office because we and it might be just looking at a spreadsheet and going well we had all this growth in this period prior to it let's revert back and, and people's priorities have changed um, mm. because of what we've gone through and you have to be flexible to that um, and you know well-being you've touched on it everyone's got used to having time and uh, and going back to my earlier point the, the divide is sometimes come very Hard to distinguish between your work life and your home life because if you're if you're doing this hybrid working or mm. remote working, it's sometimes hard to distinguish, and you can feel lost um, to the connection to the people that you work with. And yeah, I, I think a blend is the way forward. Um, you know, not enforcing people to come in the office, but giving that being inclusive of others to say, hey, we're going to do this in the office, but there is the a possibility based on location, based on timing to join remotely and and that's where technology pays a huge factor in it because then you've got the ability to connect people together based on location but, but yeah, yeah. It, so go on, would, go on john
1: yeah sorry i, I was just going to say i think that the key point here is um there is no one size fits all and it's all going to be unique to the culture of that business the industry of that business you know and ultimately businesses want to make sure that people are uh, getting as much time as possible to innovate and to create Um, new things and that will be individually and that will be um, in teams as well and we know from the last few years it's been amazing how the adoption of teams right you know 20x growth i think since 2019 300 million people using teams daily at the moment um from the last stats that i saw so phenomenal growth in the in this solution which primarily people thought was a um you know a you know, a work remotely solution, but it's a hybrid solution so people can connect from anywhere. But then when you look at the productivity of people in this sort of I think it's over 250% increase in Teams usage, it's actually getting too much. People are spending too much time communicating, looking at emails, chatting in Teams, those types of things. They're all good things to do. But sure. if you're really going to be creating space for personal focus, for team focus, for that kind of innovation, then we probably need to do some work and create some um Uh, intentional ways to free up that focus time for our teams because I think that is where we we're seeing people sort of become frustrated and that's where managers will start to have that doubting in terms of well I can't see my team together innovating Um, and so we need to address that understanding that we still think the right solution will be a hybrid solution for for most businesses out there.
0: Yeah and you're right in what you say there's been an abundance of Teams users and the adoption of it over that period, but it's continuing still in that same vein, even in this flex this flexible hybrid working model, because it's being inclusive of, of location. We, we've touched on well-being, and yeah, that that's the bit that I think some people can potentially feel burnt out. There's, uh, you know, more people are working from home, and that well-being element is is super important. And super important i actually use uh, insights a fair bit um to, to kind of look at some of the content that's available within there um to detach from work a little bit because even when you know I, it's holiday season even when i go on holiday it takes a little while to get out of that work mode and into a holiday mode but there's there's stuff built into insights and um some of the microsoft products that helps with some of that well-being which is instrumental in in helping me to detach from work and try and have that separation the wind down time i don't know if you have used that yourself john but Mm -hmm. some of that is really useful to actually use it but the product sets within there there's, there's there's broader ones that can be used as well on a on a wider scale but
1: it's it's good to try and use
0: these as much as possible
1: yeah you're you're absolutely right in terms of that burnout so we we have um our modern work team in 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 Redmond, they have a work trend index report that they do um, annually. They do they do also do some spot reports. Okay. Um, as well, where they're looking at sort of, th- I think it's 30,000 sort of businesses um, across the globe. So it's not just U.S. data. And one of the reports they looked at was around hybrid work and to see if it's, you know, is it really working and how's it working? And to your point around burnout, I think um, from those that were surveyed, 48 percent of employees said, look, I'm nearing burnout. Um, and 53 percent of managers said that they're, 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 they're getting burnout at work. And so, like you say, prioritising that well-being for a team um is super important for businesses and you can use technology there's great things within technology that can can help you do that like some of the features that you spoke about i use focus time in in windows just to make sure that the next 30 minutes none of the notifications are going to ping i'm going to ignore that type of stuff and focus on the task that i've been promising that i will do it and then i think managers should be really intentional about how do you create free time focus time for your teams so super lucky at microsoft with my boss She monthly puts in no meeting days in our diary and permission to to ignore everything that goes into the um, into the diary and also Uh, her manager as well across our entire sales org that i'm part of we have wellness wednesday so two hours every wednesday that is locked out of the diary right so when your leaders are kind of signaling how important this wellness is and then also intentionally giving you time to focus or walk away you know and sort of go walk the dog ride the bike do something just to kind of rebalance it's ultimately better for you um, because when you come back you do feel a bit more focused a bit more um adjusted to it and so yeah we've got to use technology and then managers got to create um, those opportunities, right, to, to make sure staff are feeling um, well appreciated and giving themselves time to uh, to, uh, to refresh.
0: And, and you, you've hit it on the head there. It needs to be from the top down. If, if the leaders of the business are doing those elements and practice what they preach, then it does free up and um, it does create that time. And as long as people abide by that, and it's easy to pull something back in, but as long as it's pretty rigid in terms of it, It allows for you to come away from it. And there's a lot of reflection that can happen in that time. I have lots of calls with some of my team on a one on one basis, and I often say, well, let's let's both. We're not together, but let's walk and talk uh, and get some fresh air, take the dog for a walk, whatever it happens to be, Mm -hmm. because you can be chained to your um, desk or be. On teams, calls relentlessly if you're at home. Whereas, you know, what's the there's total ability um, if the weather is nice, even if it isn't, you can still get out there and try and get away from um, get away from your desk. So yeah, I think that's that's important, and it's good to hear, you know, at, at Microsoft and those things are happening, and um, even at some of the other vendors, um, I, I do hear of that as well, and and that's that's good to hear. Um, it wouldn't be a conversation unless we touched on. AI and I guess what's coming and how this can potentially help in this remote working, hybrid working. I, I don't know, John, if you've got anything specific you want to talk around. Uh, I guess Copilot will come into it in some degree, but um, can't
1: get away from AI. No, d- definitely, and I'm, I'm, I am very excited about you know some of the potential um, that AI. If we do it right, and you know if we put the right guardrails up and we use this technology responsibility, then what. The creativity it's going to unlock in workforces is, is going to be incredible. And you mentioned Copilot, which is what Microsoft has called, you know, these kind of SaaS solutions that we're building across our cloud solutions that will kind of bring a packaged AI solution to the end users to make them you know, more productive. And, you know, it looks really exciting. Microsoft 365 Copilot and how it's going to help you um achieve more have more time to sort of think about the innovation you're doing because some of the manual tasks the, the 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 long tasks that you're doing in um in some of those um office tools that we have co-pilot's going to sit alongside you and do that for you so really excited when that um when that comes along and you know how much do i think it's going to make a difference um, you know when we're talking about hybrid working and and burnout and all of these kind of really critical topics and that kind of trust of managers and um you know for the teams being really productive what excites me the most is that, um, for example, if you look at the um, the developer community, um, and obviously, you know, GitHub is is a huge platform, global platform that Microsoft, you know, owns, um, and Copilot for GitHub launched. Um, last year you know this time this time last year right so we, we've kind of got an example of a co-pilot going into a platform and you know what change has that made for that community um, of um, programmers and my understanding and um, from what i've been seeing and what i've been reading is that you know in, we're one year in the down the road of um, Copilot being in, in GitHub and um, 46% of all code in, um, uh, in GitHub is now written by um, Copilot and by AI, which I was wow. astounded when I heard that. Um, and I think for some of the particular pro- programming language, it's more like sort of 70 percent. Um, but as an average, um, you know, just under 50 percent. And then when you talk to some of those um, programmers, you know, what is that allowing you to do? And. I know the chief engineer at Tesla sort of wrote a blog um, at um, the beginning of the year, sharing his experience saying, look, 80 percent of the code that I'm writing now is written by Copilot. It's all stuff I know how to do. It's very time consuming. There's no kind of value in that for me. But Copilot does it. I'm now focusing on the 20 percent, which is where the innovation for Tesla comes through and that kind of real change. So I think hearing how transformative AI has been for those programmers and knowing that it's going to come down the line um, for Microsoft 365 and for Dynamics and lots of the different products, security as well, you know, it's really, really exciting the kind of change that that will make. And again, I don't think it's, it's not going to replace. It's going to sit alongside you and it's going to allow you to really focus on the bits that are different. And ultimately, the performance of a business is totally going to be this connection of how productive am I and how engaged am I? So I think the AI is going to come in and really drive that productivity piece. And then the engagement again comes down to the managers. Use the tools that you have. You know, have you got your people really closely connected to the objectives of the business? Do they have, you know, really closely connected objectives to the missions, those OKRs, those key um results that you're looking to develop because if you keep great engagement and then look at the signals that you can get from products like viva insights ensuring your people are not working too long you know then you're really going to drive the performance of your business um, and so I think it's really exciting how we blend um, the tools that are coming down the line with the potential of the future, it creates huge opportunity for Microsoft partners and all the vendor communities that are out there to sort of bring that to life. It's confusing for customers. There's so many different options, but translating that into, you know, a strategic decision for that customer and then supporting them on that journey as they deploy those services and really getting the value, it's going to create huge opportunity um, in, the, in the ecosystem. And I I truly believe that's going to be more value that's going to be built on top from professional managed services than they need to spend from a from a vendor point of view which is which is great for Microsoft because we want to see the value of the tools we're putting to the market to be realized um, and this is a great moment for us to to do that.
0: Uh, yeah and then there's, there's abundance of stuff there that you've talked about and it's like you say it's all about the engagement and using the product sets that are there to judge where people are and putting the right structure around it so they feel supported because that's the way forward. Now I think we've covered a fair amount here John of you know where, where it's going and, and, and great that you've touched on you know what the opportunity is for partners. If you were to leave like a, a salient point um, from this you know I think the my takeaway from it at least anyway is that there's there's an abundance of opportunity um, in this for remote working hybrid working that Microsoft can assist with but I guess from your perspective w- what else would you add to that to just as final comments
1: well look, I think um, you know we're I'm very excited we've got Microsoft Inspire this month in, in July when you know yes. we're going to update all of the Microsoft partners on some of the latest um thoughts products solutions uh, programs that we've got so i encourage you know if you're in the microsoft partner ecosystem then um go search um microsoft inspire um, online and you'll find it um, go start using some of the tools that are out there already um, so for example with um, the edge browser you know you've got the um, chat gpt bing plugin available there and you can start asking your browser Um, some really interesting things and that is going to be the modern way of searching right so you can start to play with these tools um, uh, uh, I think is really fascinating and then the last thing is I mentioned the work labs report that we have and there's some really brilliant studies in there really insightful for partners and customers out there to sort of Microsoft sharing some of the learnings that we've had and insights we've got so if you go to microsoft.com slash work then you'll find all the studies in there it's a great one on you know how to make hybrid work there's a great one around you know will ai fix work so there's some good um, and <laughs> thought-provoking content there so it's kind of the three tips that i that i give the audience
0: no that's been really useful john and yeah definitely worth checking out um and yeah i appreciate taking the time to speak to us
1: no Thanks problem james me. anytime thank you cheers